Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 54 of the Play DNA podcast. My name is Sarah. I'm Damon. And I'm Cassandra. Thanks for listening today. Before we jump into the episode, let's talk about games we've played this week. All right. So we played a couple games with you, Sarah. We played Istanbul the Dice Game. Yeah. And Istanbul is one of your favorite games. What did, what did you think of the dice game? Mm, it's It wasn't as good as the regular game. <laughs> but so like Istanbul's like one of my three ten. I only have like three tens on Board Game Geek, and that's one of them. Istanbul's like my, one of my favorite games of all time. And then the dice game, I think I only gave it a seven or something. It's still mm. nice, but I like the original better. <laughs> what did you guys think of it? I think that's kind of a problem with um, relying on card redrawing as one of its main mechanics to try mm. and balance itself out. Mm-hmm. So the cards are too specific in their mechanical like execution. So each card often has two different results based on whether it's your turn or not. So already that's a little confusing trying to figure out how the card works. And then so much of the game involves drawing, redrawing cards or like alternate effects because you can't execute the action on the cards. And I think that was a a real problem in terms of like pacing. Yeah. The likelihood of actually being able to utilize the effect on a card is pretty low. So likely if you spend your whole turn drawing a card, it it's going to be a wasted turn, which does suck. Otherwise, I liked it. I, I liked the dice rolling. I like custom dice in games. I think they're fun. And uh, I also, I, I don't like the moving around in Istanbul very much, like the moving mechanic. I like mm-hmm. it. Really? I'm down. I it's like the the kind of picking up. It's kind of like a Moncala <laughs> effect, yeah. I suppose. You just kind of yeah. go and drop drop people off and then pick them up later. Um, I don't know. I guess I think that that's kind of frustrating for me. Like the, it's like a worker placement game, but also like the location is important. Like there's a map, which I can see the appeal of, but I kind of liked not having to worry about that in the dice game. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, you also taught us how to play Cat Cafe. Yeah, they slaughtered me at Cat Cafe. I got, we got to the end of the game, and I was like, 66 points, that's a lot of points. And then, and then Cassandra's like, I have 71, and Demon's like, I have 79. And I was like, jeez, I guess I suck at Cat Cafe. Yeah, very cute, roll and write, um, nice and simple. I liked Cat Cafe. Yeah, it was a good one. I also played a couple um, for my friend's birthday, he brought this game out that he's been wanting to play called Condottier, which I had never played. But it's kind of like, almost like a trick-taking game, but not really. Like, the tricks you lay down are basically part of a battle, and whoever wins the battle gets that area of the map on the board. I thought it was okay. I feel like we broke it, but <laughs> I don't think we could have because it's very highly ranked. So maybe we read something wrong or... I don't know. There's a rule there that wasn't uh, specified, so. Oh, Condottieri no. is kind of a broken game to start with. It's it's an older game. Uh, it's a very small game, which I like. It can be packed into a very small box and mm. play quite a few people for such a small box, which is it nice. It is a very small game. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, the balance of it, um, there's a high likelihood that one person is just going to, like, just wreck everyone else and there won't be anything you can really do about it. Um, It's just kind of a property of those older games. It's kind of a classic game and 
I've had some good times with it, but mostly bad times with it. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't ever like, request to have it brought out. Yeah. Towards the end of the game, I only had like two pawns on the whole map and everyone, you know, had three. And you're supposed to get five pawns on the map or three connected pawns. And I only had two. And I was like, I'm not going to win this game. And at the end, I ended up winning. And I'm like, how did I don't get it? I didn't even try. So if I won and I wasn't even trying, I don't think it's a very good game. There's very high randomness oh. in the game. And it doesn't immediately appear that way when you start playing. You kind of have to get through the first half to realize that it's going to be pretty rough and tumble in terms of like strategy paying off um, from turn to turn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, um, we got to play a game called Metro X, which is a crayon rail game. Oh. Um, which is pretty fun. Um, in the game itself, it comes with two different cities. You can play either Metro City or this, the opposite side of the, the map is called Tube Town. <laughs> but, um, That's a much better name. Yeah, I like Tube Town. <laughs> I know. I wanted to play the Tube Town scenario, but you can't play that the first time you play it. You have to play Metro City. You cannot City. play Tube Town. <laughs> you must be advanced to play Tube Town. Um. This actually applies to what we're talking about today, though, because in the game, there's only two scenarios. You can play the other, the one side or the other side, but they have a ton um, of print-and-plays online that you can print out for different cities and that actually mimic real cities. So they have London Underground. Oh, wow. They have New York City's subway system. So a bunch of fans made their own copies of these games, and now you can print-and-play them out. Instead of just cool. having the two, scenario, two scenarios, you can have a ton of different ones, so... Oh, yeah. Is it a pencil and paper game, the official version, or is it a dry, dry erase? erase? But okay, yeah. Um, I printed out it. I printed out the London one, and then I'm going to laminate it, and so maybe we can play it. Great idea. Yeah. yeah. So cool. those are the ones we played. So we are talking about uh, print and play games today, and if you are not familiar with the print and play world. Uh, it is a vast world, like a surprisingly vast world, and there are a lot of extremely passionate print and players. Um, oh. uh, people love printing and playing. There's a Facebook group that is very into it. I will link it in the podcast notes if anybody is like super excited and wants to join the Facebook group. A um, lot of people love printing out games. It is a way to save money. Um, although it does very much depend on the game. Sometimes it, you know, it can get expensive to print things if there's too much color or, you know, too many pages. Um, and also you don't necessarily want to cut out like 500 tokens, depending on what the game is, (laughs) but there are people who are so excited about printing and playing and making their own custom games that they do do that. Um, so, uh, let's talk about print and plays. Uh, Sarah, do you want to go first? Sure. So a few years back, I was gifted this. I was gifted a print and play game, um, Secret Hitler. So you can buy Secret mm. Hitler in a box now. But my friend is very cheap, so he doesn't buy games <laughs> if he can print them out. So he printed this game, and it's actually a really nice copy. And you just have to be kind of careful with it. But Secret Hitler is very similar to um, those social deduction games like Avalon or. Mm-hmm other games like that but um someone plays hitler someone gets the roles of the liberals and the fascists and you just play it out like that but um fairly easy to print out it's all in black and white i think he might have used a little bit thicker of a cardstock because mm-hmm. you do need to bend the chancellor and the president cards so that they form the triangle and stick on the table so everyone can see them but other than that it's a fairly easy print and play all of the lines on there are like 
rectangle. So if you did, he did have to cut like the liberal and fascist cards out and all that stuff, even the small ones. And Hmm. it didn't take that long because they're all rectangular. So Mm -hmm. it's a great print and play if anyone's interested. Yeah. Very, very simple components. And it is a really fun game. Yeah. It's a great social deduction game. Yeah. Cool. Um, I will go next. I'm going to say Unlock. And I've talked about Unlock games before uh, and the fact that you can get print and plays of Unlock games. So Unlock is a uh, group of games by Space Cowboys. And it is, um, they're all escape room games. And there are a variety of them um, of varying quality. Some of them are not great. Um, some of them are great. But what is fantastic is that they have five demo games that I'm aware of. Um, there might be more. But five demo games that are free to print and play. And they are like full escape room games. Uh, I don't think any of them are an hour long. I think they're between 15 minutes and 30 minutes long. But um, they're good. They're like legitimately fun uh, demo games that I would highly recommend and uh, easy to cut because they're all just rectangular cards, but you will have to do a decent amount of printing uh, because the, the cards have a front and back and both the, the front and back are important. So a little bit heavier on ink, um, but fantastic. Um, so easy. And I will link to the uh, files to print those out. Um, Super fun. The only other thing that you need is you need to have a phone that you can download an application on because the Unlock games do require the use of an app. I'm going to go with Love Letter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Classic. I I mentioned that I have a print and play of Love Letter, and that's my copy of of Love Letter. Um, We printed it before there was a copy available in the U.S. for purchase and loved it and kind of introduced it to everybody else based on that print and play original prototype. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how we've like shown everybody. Um, and it stood up because it only has, what, 18 cards? Something like that? It has very few cards. Very few. Mm-hmm. Um, it requires very little like energy in terms of print and plays. It's just a handful of cards and then some cubes or coins or whatever you want to use um, for what we call the breakfasts, these mm-hmm. little... Uh, uh, tokens that you use to indicate who's going to win the game. But it was originally designed as a micro game um, to see that you could create a game with high replayability and like great strategy with as few cards as possible. So it works great as a print and play because you don't need like a full deck of cards um, for this to work. And uh, Love Letter and Unlock are both part of uh, Asmodee's like giant game publishing pantheon now. Asmodee owns a huge chunk of the industry. They're now the Disney of board games. Mm. And uh, Asmodee uh, offers quite a few print and play demos yes. of its big games. So they have Unlock, they have Love Letter, they have uh, Ticket to Ride, Catan, Carcassonne. They have um, all of these games available on their website for print and plays. So if you take a look at the link, you'll be able to see... Um, the games that we've mentioned, Love Letter and Unlock, but you'll also be able to see a number of other like popular games that if you don't have a copy or haven't tried them before, uh, you can print a demo version. Yes, yeah. And some of them are of the full game, some are demo versions, and some are solo versions. But um, a lot, they have a ton of print and plays, which is awesome. And they're all official, too. Um, that's something that I wanted to mention. Uh, some of these print and plays are official, the ones that you can find online. Some of them are fan-made, 
And that means that they're technically illegal because, you know, the, the publisher itself did not create them. So, you know, it's up to you if, if you want to do that or not. I think that print and plays are a great way to at least try games before buying them, even if, um, you know, even if they're not official games. And for something like Love Letter, like Damon was saying, we really couldn't play it any other way than a print and play. So it was great to have that ability to play it before it was actually accessible to us. Um, but all of the Asmodee ones are official print and plays. My second print and play game is Corinth. And they made it um, a print and play last year during COVID because they knew people needed to do something. So they Aww. released it to the public. And Corinth is a roll and write game. So you can't just use a pen and paper for this one or just cut it out like Secret Hitler. Unfortunately, you'll need some dice for this. And you'll need white dice and possibly just one other color of dice. Um, but this one was originally designed after a game that we played called Yispahan or Ispahan. Mm. How do you say it again? Ispahan. Um, I think yeah. that's how you say it. Ispahan. So it's it's basically the same exact game as Ispahan, but instead you are rolling for different things like olive oils or moving your steward around. It's a very simple game. I got an email from a guy once on Board Game Geek because I had rated the game and I really liked it. If you play two player like my husband and I did, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And then he like got so mad at me. He was like, you can't play this game in 10 to 15 minutes. I was like, okay. And he was like, I just don't see that ever happening. It's like not possible. And I was like, I played it in 10 to 15 minutes, but maybe I'm wrong or maybe I got something wrong. But then he just kept emailing me and I was like, I'm not going to, I don't care. <laughs> but this wasn't the designer, like it wasn't designer though, right? It was some no, other random No, it was just some person. rando. Yeah, so. People yeah, on I, Board Game Geek are very passionate sometimes. They're very they passionate are. people. <laughs> so that's my second game. It's real fun. And, you know, just make sure you have some dice before you print it out. Um, I think you can even print it out in black and white. I don't think it would make a difference in color and or black and white. It it's, uh. plays the same. So, yeah. Uh, my second game is Red 7. And Red 7 is another card game. So, again, very, very simple to cut. Uh, not as simple to print out because, again, this one would be a little bit ink heavy. The color is important. Um, you do need, um, you know, full colored cards. Uh, but Red 7 is a great, simple card game, and the premise is that at the end of your turn, you must always be the player who is winning. And the rules of the game are constantly changing. So you will play cards to change the rules so that depending on the cards that are down and the cards that are in your hand, you are the one who who is winning. And um, you keep playing until nobody can can beat whatever your last card that you put down was and just super, super simple, fun, clever, um, very easy to print out. It's not a ton of cards, but it is ink heavy. Great game. Great example. Uh, my second game is Micropool. M-I-C-R-O-P-U-L. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll have a link to that. Uh, Micropool is only available as a print and play. Um, you can get copies made by various people. Um, but the game was designed to be a print-and-play game. That was the whole point. It is a two-player abstract game. Great game. Doesn't require uh, color. Can be done in black and white. Can be printed basically onto anything you like. It's kind of up to you like how far you want to take it and personalize it. And a lot of people do personalize it, make it out of wood, make it out of other things. But simple little squares. Uh, nothing but squares. So easy to chop up mm -hmm. um, and just have fun. So it's, I think it could probably be printed onto two or three pages. I doubt it would take up more than two. Oh, 
That's very small then. Yeah, yeah. just little little squares. That sounds fun. Maybe I'll print that one out tonight. <laughs> it's, very, it's a very, very tight little game. My final game is called Roll Estate. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it's only available through print and play. And I got it through a place called P&P Arcade. Now, it's not exactly free. So you have to pay $3 for the entire game. And you get both scenarios and the rule book and everything like that. Um, mm. I'm sure there's some place you can get it for free, but... They, they put up a lot of walls there, so you, you have to go through the proper channels to get it. But it's only $3. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, I keep picking these games. This one requires five, five six-sided dice, so you have to have five dice to play it. Otherwise, you can't, you can't bite this game. But in the game, you are um, rolling the dice, acquiring assets, opening up businesses, and then whoever you know gets the most points wins. So... Um, the clever thing about this game is that they know that people sometimes don't have colored printers, so they made a whole version of the game that you can just print in black and white so it's not confusing and oh, nice. in case you didn't want to print it in color. So That's great. And it's got a pretty good pretty good board game geek score and yeah, that's my my third and final pick roll estate. Nice. So I am going to give you one that you don't even necessarily have to print out. So I don't know if this is a print and play. <laughs> it's, it is It is a print and play, but you never have to actually print out the PDF if you have it accessible. Uh, so Sarah has talked before about the game Don't Get Got, which is just a fun game where you have these cards and you're trying to get people to do various things. Like maybe you're trying to get your friend to shake your hand. And if they shake your hand at any time when you're playing the game, which could be played over you know, a day or multiple days or whatever you want, then you get a point for doing that. Well, uh, they just released a Don't Get Got version for Zoom. Uh, so this is the uh, stay at home, don't get got version. And the way that it works is you can play with up to six players. Uh, you send each person a personalized PDF and you don't look at it. And then inside of that PDF, it'll have six goals that that person has that they're trying to get people to do while on Zoom meetings. And uh, so you can play Don't Get Got even in your Zoom meetings, which just sounds super, super fun. I haven't done it. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I haven't done it because I don't have enough people to Zoom with, you know, all together. But <laughs> if you work with a small team or if you often Zoom with family members, I think this would be a really, really fun one. It's a very clever idea. It's a party game, so you're going to want a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, you you can play with a minimum of three, but I think six would be ideal, and, and that's the max number of players. Uh, and my final one is 8-Minute Empire. Um, now, this isn't a game I actually really like that much myself. Uh, it's a very concise game though. And it's one of the smallest, easiest to construct games I think I've seen. Um, eight minute empire was also released on Kickstarter. And so it has a like official constructed version that you can purchase from the developer. Um, but there is a print and play version still. He still maintains these print and play versions. Um, it is what it sounds like. It's like a 10, well, we'll just call it an eight minute game. Uh, it's an eight-minute game about empire building that that runs very, very quickly. Um, it's like a little miniature Euro game and uh, has this little teeny tiny map and little teeny tiny cards. And uh, I think it could probably be printed onto one page that you then cut up. Um, so check out 8-Minute Empire if you like CV Euro games. Uh, it's really cute looking, really, really fast. 
I don't know if I would like really jump on it again, but if I was going to think about like the fastest, easiest print and play to jump on, I think that would be it. Hmm. Uh, this is a little print and play tip since a lot of these are card games. If you want to print and play a card game, um, get yourself some card sleeves because it'll make it so much easier uh, if you put those pieces of paper, especially if you print them on cardstock, which I would definitely recommend. Grab those pieces of cardstock, put them into the card sleeves, and then your cards will feel like cards rather than pieces of paper. Um, it also ex will extend the life of that print and play so you can play it multiple times and it won't get bent and, and ruined. Um, but those it's were all almost impossible to shuffle games when they don't have those card sleeves and the print and plays because yes. of the way that yeah it makes it so much easier to shuffle because of the properties of, of printer paper they're moderately staticky and sticky yeah so they tend to um, like stick together when you're trying to shuffle them and they don't quite shuffle right um, not super hard if you have like nine cards but if you have twenty or so yeah um, without card sleeves that's going to get tough yeah so card sleeves are super cheap. If, if you're going to do any printing and playing, just invest in them. They're, they're very cheap. Yeah. Um, as an, as a, an honorable mention, shameless um, self-promotion, uh, Damon's Game Wormwood is available as a print and play if you would like to try a really cool um, kind of complicated uh, sci-fi combat card game. I will have that linked um, also in the podcast notes. Um, really fun. Really awesome. Definitely heads heads above the other entries here as far as like difficulty. Yes. Um, in terms of like both construction and and play, it's definitely a significantly more advanced game. It's a heavier game. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, beautiful. It um, it is going to be heavy on ink. Beautiful artwork, um, full color. Um, but it's all cards, so simple to cut out. Uh, but we will have all of those linked in the podcast notes below. Uh, again, Asmodee has so many, which is really awesome. Um, there's a really great website called Random Skill Games, which has a comprehensive list of free print-and-play games, and it has a ton on there. Um, they're organized by the publisher. So if you have a particular game that you're looking for and you want to see if there are any official print-and-plays, then this is a good place to look for them. So I will also have that linked. Um, also, some of the great, like, a great thing about this, if you look around long enough, there are a bunch of these print-and-plays, too, that you don't even need to cut out. You just print them, and they're ready to go. So um, don't be, you know, concerned about a print-and-play being too complicated because you're going to be cutting um, bunch of games you don't even need to cut. Um, things like Concept, for example, a um, bunch of other games that don't require any cutting at all. So um, I hope that you guys learned something about print and plays and heard about some new ones that you haven't heard about. Um, I was excited, actually, to find that there were so many official ones available. Yeah, there's a lot. If you have any print and plays that you love, um, official ones, uh, fan ones that I know retheming games as print and plays is really popular, um, anything, uh, even games that are only available as a print and play, let us know. We love hearing from you guys. You can find us at our website, which is playdnapodcast.com, uh, and that will be also linked in the podcast notes below. Thank you guys. As always, play safe, play often, and we'll see you next time.